Welcome to Working On It, a podcast that follows creatives, makers, and doers working on projects between and after hours. I'm Gemma Delog, and I'm here with Jack Chacon, my awesome co-host. Hey, what's up, everybody? Every week, we'll be interviewing guests to discover useful tips, tricks, and inspiration on topics like time management, work-life balance, motivation, and much more. Today, we have illustrator, tattoo artist, and a good old friend of mine, Mike Evangelista. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hey, what's up? I'm excited to be on this podcast. I am pretty nervous, but I will try to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so... Get us started. Um, for those who don't know about your art, can you tell us about it? Okay, so um, I went to school to F- in FIT for illustration. Um, now I have my bachelor's in illustration. For the longest, I, um, I've always had a pretty strong drawing foundation. It's just something that I did since I was younger that I just didn't stop. And I knew that I wanted to make a career out of it. But it took me some time to figure out what I could actually like, really do with it. Um, I just knew that I had to develop like a really strong like foundation with drawing and I sought my degree at FIT just for that. But at the same time, like um, I kind of had an idea where I was going for, but um, I got into tattooing when um, I started going out more into like local shows and stuff. And I just thought that, you know, it's super cool like i um i didn't think tattoos could be what it is today you know because um growing up i i I knew what tattoos were but i didn't really like have an interest in them because the tattoos i saw were like not really good tattoos like (laughs) honestly and (laughs) until like i saw like you know like a really crazy japanese bodysuit like at like a like a random concert or something and like i was like damn that's that's cool like i want to learn how to do that you know and I think it's crazy how far tattooing has come since, you know, like, I guess, like, the past, like, 100 years and stuff. And it's also crazy to realize, like, as tattooing as is big it is today, that it was, you know, legalized again in 1997 in New York City, which is, like, kind of crazy. That's, like, kind of recent. Well, it was illegal? Yeah, it was illegal from, like, um, no, it was legal and then it became illegal in, like, I, somewhere um, in the 60s because of a hepatitis C outbreak and they blamed like a lot of like tattoo shops for that and it was like illegal until 1997 and then became legal again. Gotcha. Are there just like tons of I mean like you could have tattoos there right? Uh, yeah you could have tattoos. You just couldn't get them. You could get them in probably like other states So, but like a lot of, tat- a lot of like tattoos are still tattooing in New York. They were just like super like down low about it. Like there were no shops or like there were shops but like yeah, it was just like super, super low key. Gotcha. That's so interesting. Gotcha. I I feel like New York has everything. I assume they just that doesn't seem that's so crazy. I never would have thought of that. I didn't know that it was yeah illegal until 1997. That's so that's really interesting. How so? Can you tell us more too about your style as a tattoo artist? Right now, um, I'm studying American traditional and Japanese. But as of now, like I feel like. Um, I'm just trying to understand as much styles as I can, like when it comes to like lettering, black and gray, because right now I'm pretty like early in my tattoo career and I feel like it's better for me to have an open mind for like all styles and just like right now I work at street shops, so I have to be ready for like any request that comes in and stuff and 
Um, I, I know like some people who are learning how to tattoo it, they have like, you know, a set style, like they have a mentor that does a certain style and like, you know, they go towards that, the path of that certain style. My mentor, he's a Japanese guy and he did Japanese work and, you know, I want to do Japanese. I was like, that's, that's really cool. You know, I was surrounded by Japanese influence my whole life and like the media consumed and like the books I read and like, you know, comics and like, just, it was just, I just became very familiar with the imagery but I know I knew as soon as I apprenticed that it's like such a like it's it's such a technically challenging style with a lot of levels to it. Like you can't like you know people think Japanese tattoos they think like you not know, koi or like whatever, and like you have to have certain things pair up. Like if you don't have enough knowledge of like the style and you like you you know make a design, it a lot of it would just not look good or like make sense and like you can't have certain flowers together if you're not in the same season or certain animals and like it's it's very interesting um but it's like something i'm still like trying to understand i know like for a while like i won't be able to do the kind of work like large scale stuff like um i've only been tattooing for around like professionally tattooing for around like a year now um has like maybe i think i'm about to hit a year this month um but I've apprenticed for two years. I'm still, still early in my career. I'm just trying to like understand as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So I have probably like two questions for you. Yes. First one is, oh, well, so little background. I do some graphic design on the side occasionally. Um, my parents own a print shop. So right now I'm doing a ton of graphic design cause I'm just kind of trying to help them out cause they had to lay off a lot of employees and you know, they, they can't hire a graphic designer right now. So I've been doing so much graphic design work for them. And a lot of times people come in and they ask for things and I make it for them and it looks so good. And then they keep saying, no, I don't want it like that. I want it like this. Or, I want it like this. I want it like this. And then eventually it becomes the worst thing ever. And, and what I've kind of, and this is going to sound so bad, but like one of the things I've started doing is like kind of knowing the client better and like kind of like thinking about them more and then just giving them the shitty thing they want just right away, which is like so bad. But it's like I almost know like how, what type of bad they're going to want. And so I kind of try to help them out and do something cool, but I let it be bad a little bit the way they want it. Does that ever happen to you? Like, does anybody ever give you a request that you're like, you don't want a big poop <laughs> emoji on your back? Like, or like something weird. All you know? the like, time. All the time. And um, I really? feel like this is where my customer service and um, people skills can't come in from like retail. And I also work at a bar too. So like, I, this is where it comes in like so handy. Uh, I just like try to talk to them because some tattoo, like some ideas or just like some like, some styles are not tattooable. Like it could be a cool drawing, but like as a tattoo, it will like mm. it won't look good as a tattoo. Just because when tattoos heal, they change. Like the lines get bigger, so like anything with like super close lines together, like it'll just become a blur when it heals, especially when it ages like over years. So um, I would tell people that specifically. Um, they a lot of people want outrageous things on like their finger, and like um, I would tell them, I'll show them how healed finger tattoos look like on google and they just show them like this is what's going to happen um do you still want this i feel like a lot of people are set in their ways they want their bad thing and they want like 
their weird designs but i feel like yeah. as a tattooer like you know don't get mad at them or like be rude to them and like insist your way you know you could like give them suggestions of what you think looks better and a lot of times people will listen because you know they trust you and they see you as a professional and you know you're there to give them like good work it's like so people will like be open to suggestions but some people are really really set in their ways and after you tell them you know you just just do it you know and then treat them with respect even if they're crazy like still be like yeah listen like and yeah it's like funny like i knew people like around like tattoos like the people who are attracted to tattoos or like you know tattoo shops piercings they are like a lot of them are a little crazy but like you know they're they're cool at the same time like i haven't like I, i've definitely like interacted with, like some nut jobs like really like oh shit like, I, i'm not i i think i've used some tattoos <laughs> but for the most part like a lot of people who are just like untattooable like they they don't really they're not serious about it because like when you tell them a price this week, you know i had a quick follow-up question to jack's question because i think uh I, I think it was a thread on on reddit or some kind of posts, you know, with people who want tattoos and it's their first tattoo, but they want it like on their face or on their finger. Oh. Really bad. Like, do you get that often? And if so, like, how do you deal with those customers? I mean, I guess it's the same way. Would you just caution against it? And then. Um, yeah. Definitely. That's a great question. Definitely. I, um, a lot of young people um, are asking for face tattoos and they don't have any visible tattoos. And yeah, I, I, I personally would just refuse. I, I don't like tattoo. Like I don't, I've tattooed faces. I don't like to do it. Um, if someone really wants a face tattoo, like I usually like, if it's something I could do and like, you know, they're covered in tattoos, like I'll take it or like I'll pass them off to a coworker who like, who, who like specializes in like, you know, cool face tattoos or something but for the most part for like people young people who don't have any visible tattoos that want a face tattoo like i would try to talk them like you know talk some sense into them because people, a lot of people don't understand that it alters the way like it's really severely alters the way people perceive you like you know if you're in if you mm-hmm. live in new york it's it might not be a big deal but if you're traveling let's say to like california or like greece or like somewhere out of the states outside of that bubble where like you know people are more accepting and like chill and cool you will not have a good time like you'll be stopped in airports police will stop you more frequently and like you know you're <laughs> yeah like traveling like i hear from my coworkers who do have face tattoos traveling's a nightmare you know like you'll just get stopped you'll always be like identified with the, your face tattoo and like a lot of people don't understand that and you know they think it's you know casual because you know post malone has face tattoos but like i feel like i'm not like you know against Most face people tattoos, aren't post but... malone though <laughs> 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 yeah. you can sing like that you can like, get a face if... tattoo everywhere you want <laughs> <laughs> exactly if i'm not against face tattoos but if your lifestyle allows for face tattoos go ahead and get it but if you're like you know just like a young professional like person and you just want it because it could be cute and a lot of times it's like young girls i'm like yo um no yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna i want yeah. your face but as far as finger tattoos go um a lot of them are easily like you can hide finger tattoos and for the most part um they don't last very long depending on the design like they're, they're one of the tattoos you would like mostly have to get touched up but um you know depending on the artist like how well they put it in i try to put it in as like nice as possible like make sure it doesn't go anywhere but 
if you're the type that works in like service industry where you have to wash your hands a lot, you know, it will like, that's all, that's a huge factor as well. Mm. So for finger tattoos, I'll tell them like, first of all, like it's going to hurt. It's on your knuckle. That's like straight up bone, you know, like by the way, you know, like it's <laughs> by the way, <laughs> by the way. In case it didn't uh, it, it'll hurt, but it's going to be quick. Oh, so we'll that's, that's, that's that why that's why I like about finger tattoos. I, like, I'll do do like a circle and like a finger. And it's like, all right, that's like a hundred dollars. Bye. You know, like. It's, <laughs> but, yeah. Yo, if I was yeah, you, I would specialize in finger tattoos. I'd do all the finger tattoos. It would be like like a crest, like something super super simple. Because I feel like for finger tattoos, a simple design is better. You know, like you don't want like a face. Like I know some some tattooers put like faces on it, but like um. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't do that because mm. I don't specialize in that style. And like, I just try to like, you know, I would like to give you the best tattoo possible that I could give you. So usually I would go with like, you know, like sim- simplicity when it comes to finger tattoos. But for the most part, it's like not the same. Like, um, like I, I'm not like as crazy about it as face tattoos. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so yeah. on a related note, and I, I know you mentioned earlier that like, you know, tattoos kind of bring in, you know, sometimes kind of crazy people. What is the craziest like tattoo work day you ever had? Like who's the like the craziest client you ever had or like the craziest thing you ever tattooed on someone? Okay. Um, Cause I was like thinking about this <laughs> when I apprenticed. Um, you have multiple. <laughs> it's a lot. It's like, it's just you have to accept that craziness is part of the job. Um, yeah. So I had a, so there was this lady in this tattoo shop I worked at in Jersey City. I worked at a street shop in Jersey City for um, a couple of months from like around like year on May, June to like November in 2019, and it was like it was different. It was a street shop, you know. They also sell like bongs and hookah and stuff. Like you know, it was my first shop. Like I worked at that professionally so you know why not and some of the clients there would be like a little yeah. like ratchet but like a lot of them were like really cool as well <laughs> you know like super nice um jersey people are definitely different but like a lot of them are macho and a lot of them i, I also tattoo a lot of like, people from new york over there too because they moved to jersey but so there there's this lady who, who um got tattooed there before by an artist that was there before but he wasn't there anymore and she had gotten a lip tattoo like a kiss mark tattoo on her face like on like her jaw and she was really upset she was talking to the owner she was really upset that she she didn't like the way the tattoo turned out she um she didn't like that it faded and she had her receipt and she demanded to like have it redone and boss was telling me mike you should do this tattoo and i was like i'm not gonna do that i didn't do that tattoo i'm not gonna get paid for this you know (laughs) like i wouldn't because like it would have been a free touch-up, but I wasn't the artist. Like, usually uh-huh. I would do free touch-ups, but no, this is not my tattoo. And, like, I, I looked at I looked at the tattoo, and the lady was saying, you know, like, oh, this tattoo, it's a, it's a lip mark. It's a kiss mark. It's supposed to be red. Lips are red. And I was like, okay. And she was like, it's not red. Look at this. And I'm like, it's – and I was looking at it, and – I saw that it, there was pigment in it, like red pigment, but it was, you know, obviously it faded because tattoos on your face, they would fade faster just because your head is exposed to the sun, like the most out of like your body parts. It's like your head, your face. So it was just not a good tattoo. And I was like, I'm not going to tattoo that. You know, there's also like some scarring underneath. And she, she got like really offended. She was like, oh, like, 
how could you like a scar? You don't know what the scar is. <laughs> like I got my cheek bitten on a f- in the fight, and I was like, oh shit! Like <laughs> I was, uh, um, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was like, this the tattoo represents my Listen husband kissing my my you know my my wound. You know, it's her husband's lips. Yeah, I mean. She wanted to be red. That meant her husband was wearing oh lipstick. My God. But I'm not going to get into that. But she, he, she was just she was livid. And then I told her, this is where like I was saying, customer service skills and people skills come in. I told her, like, listen, you know, you're a very beautiful woman. Um, I don't want to put your face through like any more trauma. You know, I'm not. I don't want to. Like, I would feel really uncomfortable if like, you know, I'm gonna. I would do what you asked me to, which is like, you know pack more pigment in this tattoo on your face over a scar i'm not gonna do that and you know she calmed down she calmed down and she was like oh thank you you know like and she was like she was a pretty like you know she was a really hood lady you know she got in the fights on her cheek and shit <laughs> that's how you know <laughs> she, she was like she calmed down you know and like we exchange information and i was saying like you know i i'll like i was like all right like you know, like email me, like we'll we'll try and make something happen. Cause I felt bad for her, you know. But then um, you know, she left and she was like, you know, she was she, before she was like livid, she was just like really upset. But you know, she calmed down. She was like, All right, you know, thank you so much for listening to me. And, you know, I did listen to her. I gave her my professional like input. I really you know, I wouldn't just, you know, ruin her face for like money or like just, you know, take it. I had to like really think and you know, this diffuse the situation before anything got crazy and you know she emailed me um but like still i just told her what i thought about it just i feel like you shouldn't you know like you shouldn't like push that tattoo anymore it's like right you know know, the the person the person that bit her what do you think she did with that skin you think she just spit it out Probably. I don't know. I'm not about that life. Yo, if, I don't you, if, you really, if you really wanted to scare somebody in a fight, like if you were trying to like really intimidate somebody and you bit a piece of their face off, you should swallow it. Oh. You'd be like, yo, I'm fighting a cannibal right now. I have to run. You know what I mean? Oh like, my God. <laughs> Bath salts. Oh, yeah. Or, or it's like a straight up zombie situation. I don't even know. Like, you don't Jack, mess with them. Like I feel like we're learning more and more about you, about how you were going to crazy situations. I forget what the last one was. Oh, when if you win a Grammy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, I want a fucking Grammy. Yeah, we were talking about, um, we were talking with uh, one of our last guests uh, is this guy, Will. Uh, he goes by Charlie Coyne. Check out his music. He's really good. Um, oh, nice. But he was talking about if uh, if he wa- like we were saying, what's your end goal? And he said, "Oh, you know, I don't know. You know, just make music, make money." And I was like, "You want to win a Grammy, don't you?" And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I guess." <laughs> and then we started talking about how Macklemore won a Grammy, but it was the same year that Kendrick Lamar like released uh, one of his albums, and everybody was like, "He doesn't deserve a Grammy." And Macklemore was so awkward. He was like please Kendrick Lamar take my Grammy take my Grammy and it was was just so awkward and I was just like look if you win a Grammy and you obviously don't deserve a Grammy the best thing to do is to just be like I'm the fucking best I deserve this Grammy because if you try to give it back you're gonna look like a you know a jackass you have to like you have to double down on the Grammy if you win it I feel that I feel that I feel that right 
Like, and if you bite somebody's cheek off, you have to swallow it. I don't. You have I don't to. know about that. I don't know. I don't. Gemma, don't know if I'll ever find myself in a situation where I want to, you know, bite somebody's cheek off. Gemma, when it but happens maybe, to I, you, when you're in when you're in that lady's shoes, you're gonna swallow that cheek. I know you will. I know you will, Gemma. I'm just gonna think back. What would Jack do? You know, WWJD. Yeah. Oh my god! How would that digest? I, I know. I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> We're just gonna go down this rabbit hole. I don't even. I'd be probably nutritious. I don't even know. We're, we all take vitamins and everything. You never know. <laughs> We're just missing the sensitivity. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Real, anyway, real us back in. Real we're back in. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I know that you have tattoos because I can visually see you, and I see that you have tattoos. I have some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I know that you know, uh, you know, speaking to the lady who got her fist or her face bitten off, she tried to have like her husband's lips, and it was to cover a scar. And I feel like tattoos always have a lot of meaning. Or people try to put meaning into tattoos. Some people just get tattoos just to get tattoos. But I wanted to know if you had a philosophy on like good reasons to get tattoos, or like a philosophy behind giving tattoos. Um, uh, either or. Honestly, I feel like everyone has their reason to get tattoos. There's no right reason or wrong reason. If you want to get tattoos, get yeah. a tattoo. I um, my tattoos don't really mean much. <laughs> like. I just want them. <laughs> so that's my reason for my tattoos. But um, even with like really like, I guess like a lot of tattoos make fun of like, I guess they call it Pinterest tattoos, like infinity symbols, bird feathers and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, like it's not something I would draw in my own personal time, but like it means a lot to a lot of people, you know, like I'll do the same tattoo and like, you know, it'll mean like a lot to the person I'm tattooing. So like I treat it like the same amount of like weight and respect as like I do with like my portfolio pieces, you know, like I just try to, it's like a super simple tattoo. It'll take five minutes. Like, but I try to, you know, talk to them like really nice and like give them a really good experience because, you know, part of like, which I also realized as I was tattooing in Jersey was that, you know, it was, it was a Jersey city street shop. You don't really go there for the best tattoos, you know. You just go there to like, you know, get any kind. Of, it's not like a place for like quality. And it's a street shop. They we sell like smoke stuff, you know. And like, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like I, I I enjoyed my time over there. My coworkers were very nice to me, and they're cool. Um, but what I realized, what I learned over there, was that a lot of clients, they're not. They, what matters the most to them is the experience of getting tattooed. So if you're like you know a jerk tattoo and you're rude and like you just don't talk and like you know you just like rush people out people feel that you know like you know if you're getting a haircut like how would you feel if like the barber just treats you like you know like oh like you know done goodbye like i've had some co-workers (laughs) who had like you know like it was just like a numbers game to them you know but then again i'm also like i'm still very new to the craft so like every time it's like it's like exciting to me but you know they're like a lot of tattooers are, you know, like seasoned and like a lot of them have, you know, become jaded, which I understand, you know, and I feel like there will be a point for me that I'll feel the same way. But as of now, it's like, I don't feel that way. And I, I would, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel that way. You know, like I want to just make good tattoos. Even it's like a small little tattoo, like, you know, it'll lead on to like important skills for like, you know, the stuff I want to do. So every tattoo has like 
significant weight to me, even if it's like, you know, silly or like, um, you know, <laughs> like cool, like what I think is cool. I just try to tattoo, you know, it's just a job. Yeah. It's like nothing crazy. You know? <laughs> so I, I wanted to learn. So I know that when you were in, uh, FIT, mm-hmm. when you were still in school, you also had an apprenticeship, right? Am yes. I correct? Uh, how long were you in that apprenticeship for? I was there for almost two years. Um, mm. It was a lot because at the time I was finishing my senior year at FIT and I was apprenticing and I had no life. I had to quit my job because I needed, like, when I went back to school, like, because I was working the summer and then I went back, you know, finished my last semester, like my last year. I, you know, I quit my job. So my life was school and my apprenticeship. I did like, it was really hard on my girlfriend. I just like, we didn't spend a lot of time together. And at the same time, my boss, my, my mentor, he's, he was a very hard guy to work with. Like he's amazing. Like his tattoo work is phenomenal. He is like, he is, I feel like I consider him like a true, like, like a master at his craft he does japanese tattoos he also does um tabori which is the traditional japanese method and it's like it's definitely an experience um to, to those who don't know tabori is um tattooing by hand how they used to do it in japan and he would like make his own needles and it's you know it's no machine it's just all by hand and wow. it'd, it'd, it'd be like um I guess like a needle like a long like stick and there's like a like a needle like groupings at the end he just like just kind of pushes like this you know like how do I describe it just like it's a it's like stabbing like a like a continuous stabbing I guess it's getting shanked like a million times something like that but honestly I've gotten that done like I've gotten that kind of style done on me by him like I he was like giving me a back piece like full back piece from like my entire back to like the back of my thighs like back piece oh wow. and I, Honestly, it's like not as traumatic as tattooing by machine. Like, I I think it's a lot more chill than machine, like machine work. Huh? What do you think that is? Because um, I think it's slower. I mean, it, it is slower, but like, um, I feel like the tattoo machine it would just like create. It's just, I feel like it's a lot more traumatic. Um, it definitely hurts less, I think, in my experience. It, it's it's a it still hurts, but it's a lot more bearable than getting tattooed by machine. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Which is interesting because it looks crazy. Like it looks like oh my god, so painful. But it's it's pretty <laughs> cool. Like I recommend it. Like he's, he's like a really awesome tattoo. So I I, I wanted to ask about your apprenticeship i mean i have so many questions um i guess i'll start with you know how did you find a mentor so, how did you find that uh, apprenticeship so i was getting tattooed by this guy his name is nicholas he was really cool dude i got like a bunch of tattoos by him he um he's one of the tattooers who worked in like the east village at the west village and um he would um he's like a really like true OG old head tattooer like from like the city and stuff and yeah like I really liked his work um he I, I like when I started getting into tattoos I first thing I wanted to do was get more tattoos because now if like, anyone who wants to get into tattooing the best way to like learn about it is first get tattoos and that's what I did so this dude he Nicholas he um he had a like, re- like his work and his style was like 
really awesome to me, but he didn't have like a huge, huge following. He wasn't like, you know, I, I'd also noticed if like older tattooers, they're not super social media savvy. So like, you know, they could do amazing quality work, but not have a lot of followers. So I sought people like that, you know, because if you have like a million followers or like if your name is huge, you could just charge a million, like, you know, 500 an hour and like, it's fine. But like, it's like the people who are like a lot, like less well-known, they, they'll charge fair, you know? So, so I stuck with that because his prices were like super fair for like, the um, quality work that he was doing. So I, um, so he knew um, Takashi, that's the name of the, the guy I apprenticed for, he knew him and I was getting tattooed by Nick and he was working at Takashi's shop and I was like, yo, Nick, like, the shop is really cool. Do you got an apprentice? And you know that? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, um, this is, this is my shop, but you could ask. And then like, um, I was like, because um, at the time, Nick, he, um, he was traveling back and forth from Cali to, um, to New York. And I asked him like, yo, do you think it would be okay if I hit up the flashy and asked if I could apprentice for him, apprentice for him. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, hit him up. Like I, I don't think like he's the type to do it, but you know, he, like he surprises me. And if anything, I'll put a good word in for you. So you know, I emailed Takashi, and he asked me to like come by the shop, and I was going to show him my work. Which first mistake was I didn't have any physical. I didn't bring any of my physical work. I had. I was trying to show him my website, which had all of my nice like you know stuff like nicely like presented. But you know this dude, he's like a old, like he's he's not like super old. He's like ten years older than me, so he's like thirty seven. Like, so he's like exactly ten years older than me. He was like he's still like very very like old head. He was like um, I'm not looking at your phone, and I, I was like oh, but my work is here. He was like bring your actual work, and I was like, can I come back? And he was like yeah. Like he was like very cold, very like. Like, you know, very stone-faced, like, Japanese guy. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll come back. And then I brought in all of my work, like, well, all my physical work, and it was heavy. It was, like, a huge portfolio back. I was living in the Bronx at the time. I was going to Brooklyn, and I showed him all my work, and he was just, like, he didn't say anything. He was like, oh, hmm. all right. And then he, he liked the fact that I painted a lot because he was not only a great tattoo, he was an amazing, phenomenal painter, like, insane he would paint like these like seven feet scrolls and like these like insane like japanese like illustrations and his he's like he i I don't know too many people who painted like him like he was just like insane like his his painting is awesome but he liked my work um and he asked me to come back that week and then i started the friendship and as far as how it went it was like I didn't know anything, you know, I didn't know anything about tattooing. I didn't know anything about like, you know, being in a shop. Like I got tattooed a lot, but working at a shop, um, I felt that every day was like a test to, to prove myself. It felt like I was in an anime. Like I was just like trying to like do everything and like prove that I wanted it and like prove that I had the right to be there at the shop. And I was passing out flyers. I was like doing a lot of like the hard, like, um, I guess I, I remember I had to like drill like a mailbox and shit. <laughs> like I was like doing a lot of stuff and I was interacting with the customers, but then like gradually I was able to like do more tasks that required a lot of trust. I was in charge of security. Like I, we had ADT and like I was, you know, I kept all the passwords and like I was like setting up like all the stuff. Um, I was, I didn't know what to like what to expect, you know. I just like I was just doing what was asked of me and um i didn't know until later until towards the end of my apprenticeship that i was just doing a lot of work 
it was just like most shops have staff like the artist the owner and like staff like the counter person or whatever i was doing a lot of like i was like basically a shop manager but also the apprentice also like the counter person also like the flyer person doing every everything it was just me doing everything and mm. it took a toll on me because i was also still in school and I was also, I guess, like, I also found this out that this is pretty common in Japanese apprenticeships. Do, like, personal work for your mentor. So I was also, like, watching these dudes, like, pets and stuff and, like, um, staying in his house. <laughs> like, wow. when he traveled, because he traveled a lot. And I was also doing that. But, you know, like, he trusted me to stay at his house. He was like, here's, here's the keys to my house and yeah. here's my pets. Goodbye. You know, like, it was... A huge level of trust which is like a lot of people like did not understand i like a lot of people that I, I was very like much um criticized by like my friends and stuff they're like yo you're getting taken advantage of like what the hell but like they're not in that industry you know and like um i thought it was normal but i, I also like found out through like you know my other tattoo or co-workers and stuff that you know a lot of them like you know spoke for me and like they were really like you know trying to get me like better conditions and they're just like yo like mike does a lot like what the hell like why are you doing this you know like they really like fought for me and stuff oh, and, wow. you know that's why i really like i i really lo- like love that shop because the people i worked with were, like my brothers and like you know they saw that i was working hard and like they knew that i wanted it because like they went through the same mm-hmm. thing when they were practicing so that that always like you know motivated me to keep on going you know I would have friends who were apprentices that were um, that they didn't have an intense friendship as I did, and I would be like, you know, I have a lot of jealousy. I was like, oh my god, like you're tattooed already, and like, you know, they don't have to do what I have to do. But you know, it's like honestly, it really is different for everyone. There's no like standard. It's like not an industry where it's like regulated like most industries. It's like it's still very like you know, it, it varies. Gotcha. It's like you know. Some people have their way. Some people, they just tattoo schools and stuff, which I not, I don't support. But like, you know, people have gotten their way through that too. So it's like, you know, it's it's, it's a way, you know. Gotcha. I was actually going to ask, yeah, is that the only way that a person can get into tattooing? So what what are the other ways that someone can uh, get into tattooing maybe that's not through a, an apprenticeship? So a lot of people, like another way to do it that, I had to do when I left my apprenticeship because I did not finish my apprenticeship. It was a lot of stuff was, um, I don't want to reveal too much, but a lot of stuff just happened within the shop that it just couldn't work out. Um, I had to leave a lot of artists left. Um, and I just like had to figure out how to get into tattooing without that shop. And, you know, I had to learn on my own. A lot of people just, you know, honestly tattoo at home and it's awful you shouldn't have like, you sh- it's not advised like people look down on it like you know you'd call scratcher and also there's like the health aspects to it but I, when i was apprenticing i was trained i got my um my license and my um my bbp blood blood pathogen certification all that stuff so one of the biggest things when i was apprenticing i was breaking down like setting up and breaking down for everyone so they really instilled like proper like like good like uh, safe health practices and that's that's like really important so if you just like first start start tattooing at home you won't know understand those things you know so but i had to like go that path you know and it's not something i'm i would promote you know like because like the most important part is safe like safety and health and 
Um, so there's there's that that's what there there's there's that way learning how to tattoo on your own at home. That's one way. A lot of tattoos start off that way, and it's it's harder to to learn that way because you no one's gonna like you know be on you for doing things wrong or right. You know, like people were really on me when like I <laughs> like when it came to like cross contamination stuff. That that took a minute to learn. You know, like it's like common sense to me now, like muscle memory. But that, that is like something to learn. Like with the pandemic and stuff um a lot of people don't know how to use gloves oh, like they really don't like you know you can't just use one pair of glove all day it's you have to like you know <laughs> like use it once you can't touch stuff it's like that's cross-contamination but so one way is um you know learning by yourself at home but that takes longer you don't know what what's the right equipment and this is just like I would advise against it, but that is a way. Um, another way, which I also don't support, is through tattoo school. Uh, I don't support tattoo school. That's a very controversial topic because a lot of them are for profit. They are thousands of dollars, and they claim to like teach you everything you need to know about tattooing in like a matter of like six months, and then you're good to go. And a lot of tattooers are against tattoo school. They are like, they're like cancers to the industry and they're just like mass produced like bad or like unprepared tattooers into the workforce and that's just like that's not cool and yeah. also a lot of those people who run those schools they you know they fuck over the people that you know believe in them and because I, I know people who went through tattoo school and like it's like i don't you know, just because they came from, I don't see them as like, you know, anything else. That's just where they came from. But they got fucked over by that school. Like they invested like so much money in that school. And like, they were just like, you know, they got fucked over that way. So um, there's also, I guess if you know someone in the industry, like if you have family, they would like, that's also an easy path to get into the industry. But as far as I know, it is, it it is a hard industry to get into. You got to do a lot of grunt work as, you know, as, I told you guys my experience, but I felt like a lot, like I felt that, you know, I had to do it because it's very, you know, a pay your dues kind of industry as well. Gotcha. So would you you, uh, recommend, you know, apprenticeship being like the best path? And, you know, if that is the case, Oh, well, I'll just ask that question. Yeah. Um, I personally think that friendship is the best path. I, I have friends who are in like awesome friendships and like they're, you know, under a guidance, guidance of a mentor. And like, you know, they have that like being in a shop. It's like you're kind of part of a family. That's like your group, your tribe. And it's like, you know, you're like, kind of like a baby. Like you're like, they're like raising you up and like, you know, you got to like mop floors and get lunch for people. But it's like, you know, that's like part of it. I mean, I know like some, like I've heard horror stories of like some places like haze you as an apprentice, but like, I don't know. It's like, it's a lot of people don't yeah. believe in that. And, um, you know, like that practice, that practice is like, it's not as common anymore. Like I had a pretty traditional apprenticeship and like, it was rough and like, I was just like in a lot of uncomfortable situations, like uncomfortable, like you know, talking to backheads in the street, like <laughs> passing out flyers and stuff. But you know, it was an experience, it was a learning experience, and I definitely became stronger through my apprenticeship. I like, I feel like an apprenticeship yeah. is like the best way, but not all apprenticeships are good because you know, like every situation is different. I had to leave mine. Um, not I'm saying it's bad. It was just like, it was complicated, and they're also like. Yeah sleazy tattooers that you know especially like they would prey on like 
you know, young women that want to get into tattooing and like, you know, there's people like that as well. Like, so like, they're like, Oh, like I'll give you a friendship if you like pay me like this much or like, if you like sleep with me. That's like, that's, that's, that's unfortunately common. And that's also after that. Yeah. It's like, it's disgusting. So I swear my last question about this, because I, Oh no. (laughs) But with, so then with, apprentice and you know how can someone find a good mentor honestly like it's it's uh, i feel like even though i have gotten an apprenticeship i know people have gotten apprenticeships especially in new york city it is difficult especially depending on where you live um if you live in a rural like town in like a state where there's not too many tattoo shops it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it depends on where you are um, geographically um but um, another thing to consider is just like if you want to get into a, a good shop, uh, an apprenticeship, um, you're like an art student or like, you know, you just want to get into tattooing, really, really work on your art. Like make a portfolio. Like, you know, that's that's never going to change. Um, your art is really important. You have to like show that you know how to draw. Even though there's a lot of tattooers that don't know how to draw. Um, I was like kind of shocked when I found that out. I thought you had to like be like, you know, hit a level like a really high level like hmm. standard for like you know artistic ability to you know even tattoo but i've met tattooers that don't like that don't hit that but like they're great tattooers and um it's not prerequisite to like tattoo because like you know you could learn how to draw as you learn how to tattoo there's people like that too but um i you know like still like learn how to draw <laughs> like I, I think that's important yeah um yeah. so um See, like uh, artists you like um you know in your within your area and then hit up local shops like hey like just inquire and you just come in with a physical portfolio um don't make a mistake i did giving up your phone <laughs> just like physical portfolio is always impressive it shows that oh wow like this person like took the time to like make this presentation back and like look through a lot of tattooers that own shops old hands they they like books they don't like phones <laughs> but nice um it, it just work on your art like um Class, like uh flashes like tattoo des- like designs to tattoo so like the tattooing has a long tradition of like flash painting so like show that like, if you're interested in like the tradition um that's just like really basic like some like first things i think of the top of my head if you want to like get an apprenticeship um if there's a tattoo you like get tattooed by them often and then like just say like, every time you get tattooed you, know, you just ask questions that's what i did um i felt like i definitely annoyed some tattooers when <laughs> i was asking them and I feel bad, um, but a lot of them were super, super nice to me. So, like, you know, like my buddy Nick, um, I got tattooed by, by him a lot. And, you know, I kind of, like, followed him, not, like, in a creepy way, but just, like, you know, like, oh, we were tattooing the shop. I want to get tattooed by you when you go to that shop, you know? Just, like, to establish that kind of bond. Because the bond between – there's, like, a special bond between tattoos and clients. And, like, if you have your tattooer, you know, like – you go to them a lot and then that means a lot to your tattooer and like they'll like hook it up and i think that's like that's really awesome um what else yeah just make work on your portfolio <laughs> you know Definitely, yeah. awesome so that's good tips so kind of related to like all that i i know that you know you talked a lot about like professionalism and like how the apprenticeship kind of helps you develop as like a tattooer specifically but like you said, there's like some tattoos that can't draw. And so one of the better things you can do is become a better drawer. I think that's a word. It doesn't sound right, but I think that's a word. <laughs> anyway, so you got to become a better drawer. And uh, 
So how do you find time to practice or like what's the best way for you to practice drawing and do you have a regular routine for your practice? So um, a lot of like the drawing aspects of tattooing, it's like you don't have to know how to draw as much anymore mm. because of the iPad. Um, I just got an iPad last summer and it's like, especially if you work in a high volume street shop, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a godsend. So I love my iPad, whatever. But um, I, I, for me personally, I like to balance. Like I, I'm always, always going to be a huge fan of sketchbooks, just like physical, like, you know, traditional drawing. Like I love the iPad, but nothing for me beats traditional drawing. Like, but at the same time, I understand that drawing materials, it costs money, you know, if your iPad, you just have software, just charge it. But um, I just try to like, just whenever, you know, waiting for between appointments or like, you know, just waiting in the shop, just keep drawing. Um, when you're like, just, um, yeah, just don't stop drawing. I feel like I need to improve on a lot of things when it comes to tattooing. Like something that's like really challenging for me is like lettering, um, like script, like those fancy scripts, freehand scripts. So I would just like have sketchbooks where where um. I would just practice that mm-hmm. in. I like to have different sketchbooks for different subjects. I feel like um, when I was younger, I didn't do that. So I always felt that, oh, I need to like make a masterpiece in every sketchbook or like in every page of this one sketchbook. But if you divide it into like, you know, oh, I have a sketchbook just for this, then it becomes easier, you know, to keep track of. Um, I feel like definitely to keep a sketchbook, I always keep a sketchbook, even though if it's, it's more weight to carry, it's still like, your best friend you know it will improve your drawing skills and um as far as like scheduling um i usually try to do something like um before covid um i i usually try to work on personal work after work so you know i'll have like a full day tattoo and then like you know work on a project or something Mm. like for me who works with ipads and um like digital and traditional, I would do all of my sketches, all my concepts on the iPad. It's just quicker that way. And then, um, you know, you can print it out and then transfer it to, like, you know, a painting or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, like, I feel like a lot of people say that they, don't, they just don't have time to, like, you know, draw, especially, like, tattoos. Um, you know, our, our schedules are busy. You know, you want to, like on your free time just you know chill like watch netflix or something like do something else like work out but you know if you really want something you're gonna make time for it so like um even like when you're on the train like i would draw you know like i just i feel like it's a drawing is just like a really important tool to teach yourself or just like learn or understand something at least that was that was it for me just like it was like my tool to understand something so, so here's an interesting, I, I, you said something really, really interesting to me uh, about <laughs> separating your sketchbook into different types of sketchbooks because you felt like you had to have a masterpiece on every single page. Do you find that you have to sort of cultivate a certain type of headspace in order to have good practice? Like, is there like a way that you have a better quality draw practice like is it so it sounds like you know you have to have the pressure off to be able to sort of like goof around and and mess around but is are there like certain things you do to get ready to practice or to like sketch or draw oh yeah i for me i i totally do so i just like to like um usually i would um 
with some like <laughs> it's got this is gonna sound corny but like lo-fi beats oh, <laughs> God, just, like, <laughs> zone, man yeah you need that but, um i just put it on and just like you know just i so growing up where i lived um in the bronx i did not have a desk i just when i went to school i would stay late in school because they had you know they had libraries they had desks they had tables i didn't have any of that at home but like as you know, when I moved out, I was able to like, you know, first thing I wanted was like a, a table, like a drawing table. And I feel yeah. also for a lot of people too, which I forgot to mention that some people just don't have space to draw or like a room, a comfortable area to draw. And, you know, a lot of tattooers too, like they, they, they live in small space, like the tattooers I know, like they would like live in a small space where they don't have a drawing table to paint. And, you know, that's, that's totally valid. I get it. Cause you know, I drew like for the longest, I would draw on the floor, you know, and like, that's that's how I learned but like um I'm super fortunate to be able to like create a space so first of all you know if have a nice space to draw but if you don't on the floor anything anything like I would draw on your lap or something but first like you know I'll put like some music on um or like if I have to get super concentrated a podcast yeah. <laughs> this podcast yeah like, this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah a podcast like for sure podcast. I struggle to concentrate when I listen I to podcasts <laughs> I, it's so hard because I'm so interested in everything you know? I love podcasts especially long podcasts it's like at, at a certain point, like you're gonna run. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm not like, I'm like the crazy, crazy music head. But like, at one point, I'll just be sick of my own music, yeah. like, uh, or just like I'll, I'll just like spend hours just finding music instead uh, of like actually doing work. So like, podcasts would be like awesome, especially like when you're painting. Painting will take so long. Um, one of my friends, he's like an awesome painter. He's an oil painter. He he would do these crazy pieces, like realistic pieces, and I'm like, yo, how do you concentrate? Like how? Like I would ask him, and he told me podcasts, and like honestly, wow. like we'll just, That's interesting. yeah, because you don't have to like it's not like TV. You have to look, you know. You just you just like, um, you know, work on your thing, and then you just listen in, and it'll be interesting because I'll be like really so focused on what I'm like the parts I'm doing. Every time I would look in a certain part of a painting, I'll remember what was talked in that podcast that so it's, it's interesting, interesting. I it's like a memory palace kind of thing yeah, yeah i don't know if it's if you guys noticed that or like have that thing yeah i feel like I'm it has <laughs> i feel like it happens so i like to watch tv whenever i'm doing anything i don't know why my brain loves loves to do things like it's like two things at a time. I don't know why. Like if I'm netting, I'm like, I need to watch, be, I need to be watching TV. Like <laughs> yeah. if I feel like I can't do two things at once. I avoid the task. <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> if I'm cleaning, I'm like, I need to have TV on. I don't know why, but. I can't, uh, I can't I can kind of, I can actually kind of know why, but like, yeah. I have to be like, if I do something, I can only do that thing. Like oh, if I start doing uh-huh. anything else, I mean, well, unless it's something that I don't care about, like dishes, like, <laughs> right. like, I left a little bit of pasta sauce on a plate, whatever, man, I don't <laughs> It's probably going to flavor my mashed potatoes later. No, I'm kidding, that's great. <laughs> but, 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 so wait, yeah, yeah, good. You know, because like, but like into your point, Mike, when you're talking about like, remembering something i feel like i i like to also rewatch things or like i'll be doing something and it will remind me like oh That's i think that part of the, the episode yeah. or like yeah. i remember this it's so weird it jogs my memory and i also find it funny that you bring focus because jack and i was we were, talking yeah. about we were just talking about this because yeah. <laughs> i have 
a, a huge problem with just focusing oh. or even getting myself to stay motivated or focused. Like I have not like, cause I have ADHD. So it's just like terrible or like, that's kind of like the diagnosis my psychiatrist and I are going right now. Um, but it's like terrible, but like Jack here can focus so much. But it's like the opposite <laughs> problem though. It's like I could focus really, really well on like whatever I'm doing and I can stay like, I can do one thing like all day. But wow. the problem is that if something else comes in, it's just like, I'm just like, no, I please don't. I can't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if something comes in, like, I don't know, like, if I'm really jamming out on, like, writing something or if I'm, like, you know, drawing or, like, doing graphic design or whatever, I have to go from beginning to end of the project or I have to get to a really good stopping place. Or when I try to come back to it, I'm just so discombobulated. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. That's so funny because I'm the same way too. Like I oh will forget to eat. I'll forget to sleep. Like yeah. I need to do that one thing and I cannot go back. It's either like both. It's either like one or the other. And it's just kind of crazy. But I, Jax was uh, funny because oh. you were like talking about this. Like, <laughs> Dude, I'm so intense with it. Like I, when I focus, like I feel like I like, am, um, like I, when I was younger, I used to, uh, I used to do a lot of like martial arts and I was really into sparring. That was like my number one thing. I just wanted to fight people. Did I was like, not know that. Thing. I just loved fighting people. That was like my go-to thing. And it's because I used to like, there's just something so natural about like, uh, like just using your body and like not thinking about your body. And like, I got to the point where like, you know, it, it like always felt like, the only thing I was doing, it's like my mind wasn't even there and I was like in the zone and I have been addicted to like recreating that, like feeling like you're in the zone thing. I've been addicted to that my entire life. I can only do it. Like I can't always make it happen, but I know how to like stay like locked in. But like, uh, and, and it's really weird. The only times that I ever get into like that flow state is like sometimes when I play basketball, occasionally when I'm writing, um and uh sometimes and I was telling Gemma about this and I feel like, like what the hell are you talking about? But sometimes when I'm listening to people speak, I get so focused in on their heads that they turn into like bobbleheads. And I'm like, because like I'm so focused on their head that I only see their face and like for whatever reason everything else kind of like zooms out a little bit and I'm just like it's like looking at just like somebody's head just around. That's really weird though, man. Don't worry. No, no, that. <laughs> I, I totally feel that like especially when you when you mentioned about the zone because like you know like when you yeah. mentioned like in like martial arts sports and like you know when you're writing and stuff like i i know the zone and like i get that I, that, yeah. that that zone where you're extreme focus like i get that when i'm in the gym or like when, when i feel I'm, like artists get that a yeah lot. when i like when you're just like yeah. you're painting you're just like you don't want to stop and then that's where you get like yeah. and like you forget to eat you get to sleep and you just like you just do it you just go autopilot <laughs> And like yeah. it's such a great feeling that being in there, but for me, it's some it's a it's a space where I have to work towards. So like, um, I feel like mm. when you create as a creative, you cannot. You probably, guys probably already know, but you just cannot rely on motivation. You can't rely on like you know that feeling of like, oh, I I want to do this because it feels you know it, I feel like I should do it now. Because like you're never gonna feel like doing it. You know, like I never want to work out but like i have to or i'll get fat you know and like i like even with drawing and painting it's like oh, i don't feel, i want to do this right now i want to just like 
play video games. I have been playing a lot of video games, by the way. But like, you know, sometimes like I just miss the feel. <laughs> Pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just miss the feeling of being in the zone. That, that that's a, that's a feeling you just can't replace with anything. So that's like you may not want to feel it. You may not yeah. feel like yeah. that fire, that spark now. But like I know within myself that it's a feeling that I have to work towards. So like you know, music, and then like I don't know, I'll mm. just. So like I'll warm up, like I'll like scribble or like you know doodle or like <laughs> do pull ups or something, like get blood to my head or something, like you know, and just like and then I get to it. That's a thing, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta trick yourself too. Like I do a lot of, I do a lot of weird, tricky things. Like I told Gemma, uh, I was joking around earlier. I was like, some of the things I love to do the most, I don't do because I feel guilty. If I do them when I have lots of other things to do and I was like joking with her and I was like, it's like, I need to like throw a bag over my head and kidnap <laughs> myself and then take myself to the gym and then just make myself, you know, work out or play basketball or whatever. But I think like tricking yourself is super, yeah. super valuable. Like I do all kinds of little things to like make myself work longer or like, so like if I'm working on something and I like kind of want to like give up, but I know it's going to take a long time. You know, say if it's like, so right now it's like 829. I'll be like, okay, it's 829. That's like 830 basically, which is almost (laughs) like 845. So you got to work till like nine, you know what I mean? Or like, or just say like, okay, I know you're really hungry, but if you finish at this time, you can like eat whatever you want, you know? Or like things like that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, do I, like that that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because like I trick myself all the time. Like I don't. I'm like inherently yeah. deep down, like the real me. I'm a lazy, lazy person. Like I'm so lazy deep down. But like <laughs> I feel that I there's things that I want in this world. I want to be a good tattooer. Like I haven't been tattooing very long, and I'm just like I don't want to tattoo like ass anymore. I want to get good at tattooing. Like I want to like I want to make like a solid career with myself but like i know with that with my wants like it's not going to be easy you know they're like things i have to do so Mm. like you know that that's always going to be like a long term like you know motivator for me but you know there's a lot i feel like um you know it should definitely be a balance when it comes to like you know how much work you're doing like your value is not based on how productive you are um, I had to like learn that, you know, cause before I was like, I have to produce, 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 but like, you know, you have to like be kind to yourself. Mm. You have to take breaks, you know, and like, yeah. um, also distinguish, you know, your needed breaks from like just being lazy. You yeah. know? Like, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, I, yeah. I, I do. I, I'm still like trying to figure out how to balance that, you know, as much as I want to play animal crossing, all day, I love Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. <laughs> God, I had to stop. I had not worked because of how obsessive I was. I stopped I- too for like a little bit. I was just like, I got to chill. I got to chill. <laughs> I know. Terrible we got too addictive. I was just like, fuck, I got to leave my island. But yo. Oh my God. <sighs> anyway. Um. Did you... Sorry. Oh wait, did you have more? Yeah, I just... Oh no. Um, I mean, well, for me, it's uh, I have like you know my art, and then I mean nowadays, since we can't do anything pandemic, um, I have like video games. I also like you know I'm trying to like do more stuff with calisthenics. I went to the gym. I mean, I mean, I I would I go to the gym before the pandemic, but like I was always on like a lot of weights. My calisthenic game was not so good, so right now I'm getting better at that. So that's like that's one thing. Like okay, yeah. I gotta get better at this. Like you know. 
me checking yep. myself is like just trying to like because I feel like uh, I listened to a really good podcast um, about COVID and mental health and like if you don't have ways to like stimulate yourself like you know mentally you know being indoors all day I feel like a lot of people don't have like you know certain like like access to certain things mm. so like it's been like you know this period has been really hard for them and I think about that too because like I'm ma- I am myself am managing okay, but like I just keep thinking about like other people who are like are having a hard time with this. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. I know I'm sh- I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> trying here, um, yeah. Mike. You uh, inspired me a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Seriously, like like I remember looking at your work and I was like amazed, and I think I, you were one of the people that inspired me to go to art school uh and i i always like to rest, reminisce about us drawing fruit in my kitchen like I, I, one of those fruits were in my portfolio like for fit i i like i remember i did like some apples and they were really good apples like, I <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah i remember that because i think i had to also do something like color pencil or something oh man that's what also i was not good in perspective but whatever <laughs> uh, it's hard but, <laughs> oh man those are the days i did not sleep uh but that's what's new but anyways <laughs> who inspires you uh as an artist oh man i um i have a lot of inspirations i feel like i one of my classmates like also my, my friend she described like like I asked her, like, what's my style? She was like, I can see you're inspired a lot. I am inspired a lot. Like, I just like, I feel like my brain is all over the place. Like, you know, just I, I like a lot of things. And like, one of my biggest inspirations is like, um, you know, cartoons growing up. I the, the first thing I drew was like, you know, Bugs Bunny, all that stuff. And then like, when I got when I was like around ten, I got into anime. And oh my god, like anime is <laughs> like. Yeah, and, uh, that was just like the big thing. Did you guys ever like um watch TV in the Philippines where like you know they would show anime in like the local show? I think mm-hmm. like Lupin the Third or like yeah. Um, yeah. who's the one with uh he I think he has like a red coat and he carries two guns Trigun. or Trigun. Trigun. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's three. Yeah. That, but yeah, 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 yeah. There was that. There was that. I also um yeah I watched like a lot of like I also like learned how to speak um. Well, not school, but understand Tagalog through anime and Philippines. So it would always have like um that that place in my heart where just like you know it reminded me of home and like mm-hmm. you know when I, I started like getting to anime in the states, um you know I went to like a lot of conventions. I think I went to my first convention when I was like eleven, and like I kept going every year until like Comic Con made it impossible to like enter anymore. So like I just like kind of stopped going to like conventions like crazy. But yeah, I was always hugely inspired by like anime comics video games and stuff and like you know i just drew like i i drew like a lot of, of that stuff um i knew like to be a comic book artist you had to be good at drawing everything so i was just like that was my goal but i was younger like just be good at drawing like everything just do what i liked and it'd be like you know like fucking like cloud looking <laughs> characters or like you know spiky hair big swords like all that stuff like i drew all that naruto like Dragon Ball Z, I drew all of that. And, like, you know, through, like, those, you know, I don't want to say, like, anime and manga got me tattooing, but, like, I was able to, like, be familiar with the Japanese imagery that is, you know, in tattooing. Because a lot of it came from old old Japanese, like, folklore. And, like, 
these things are still relevant and like still being used in like their media. And that's that's like the power of like those kind of imageries, which I think like back to tattooing, like to me, no matter what style of tattooing there is, a good tattoo is a tattoo that's relevant today, back then, and like forever, you know, like to me, Japanese mm-hmm. tattoos, also American traditional tattoos, they just look good over time. I mean, like, you know, like a lot of people, like they're not crazy about that style. Everyone has like their own style. Some people like realistic black and gray and stuff or like, you know, realistic like color work, you know, but for me, like those are like what's like that's, that's the tattoos that I like. But you know, I don't know what kind of tattoos I'll do in the future. You know, like I, when I apprenticed, I um, my mentor showed me like these tattooers and how they used to tattoo, and like it's like their styles are so different. Like you know, you could say or you think you're one artist today, but like you don't know like if you'll change completely five or ten years from now. You know, so I'm always open to that. Mm-hmm. Just like how far like will I change? I. I've, Cause you know, I used to draw Naruto characters, but like now I'm like drawing like a tattoo flash and you know, those skills transfer over, you know? And like, um, I just try to consume as much media as I can. Um, right now I bought like these two art books from like Yoshitaka Amano. He's like, um, one of the artists for Final Fantasy. He's done so much work for them. And like, I'm reading a little bit of his, about his life. And like, he had like a traditional, like, Japanese apprenticeship with like um, um I think in woodwork where he was painting on like wood and stuff and like he was able to do this be- these beautiful beautiful mm. like color illustrations and like um that, that that's inspiring to me you know like the artists I like like him and also um uh, uh, uh Otomo Katsuhiro like he's the guy who did like uh, Akira is just I'm like just like mm. that kind of like vision I I'm like I don't know. I, I don't do that kind of work, but I'm just like, you know, I want like, I want that, you know, just that kind of like, you know, that it's like, to me, it's like original, but at the same time, it's not original because they took those elements from like, you know, like old like Japanese lore and like, you know, other things, but like, I don't know. I just want to make good work. That's, I mean, that's at least for me. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other questions, Jack? I know, like, I just wanted to double check. Oh, man, I feel like I, like, went through so many of, like, my big questions earlier. Like, I, I feel like we've covered, like, a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about, mostly. Yeah, I just wanted to double check. I'm not sure if I have any more, but I wanted to see if it was, if... Well, okay, well, one thing I, I definitely want to ask, um, you know, is there anything that you would tell a, a young tattoo artist or anything that you just, like, want to tell the world? Even though, I mean, I don't know if the whole world is listening, you know? But, you we know, like to think I, the whole world is listening. We like to think today. the whole world is listening, yeah. I've been getting asked questions by people who want to learn to how to tattoo or, like, even, like, other tattooers. Like, they were asking, like, very technical questions, like, Oh, what needle group should I use for this tattoo? What do you think? I'm like, like, why are you asking me? But like, I would give them answers. Like, I would know how to answer them. And like, I think it's kind of crazy because I still feel like I'm so, so, so early in, in my career, and like, I don't know anything, you know. But like, I, I'm, I, I'm like, it's still kind of shocking to me that like, you know, people like value my input, even though I don't like, I'm not in the industry. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't been here for a long time, and. You know, it's a lot more than us. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely one of those industries where, like, it's, like, it's very, like, I guess, um, I don't say dog-eat-dog, but just, like, 
you know, you had to like pay your dues, respect people who came there before you, and like, you know, just because there are people who haven't been tattooing very long, they think they're hot shit, and it's just like, no, 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 yeah, go with that. But um, I would just say that don't forget your art, you know, don't forget to invest in your art, whether that be, you know, making merchandise of your art or like getting a table or like, you know, signing up for like a class or something. Cause like, if you really want to get into like art or tattooing, like it's, it's going to be so hard and you have to prepare for that, you know? And like, you have to understand that, you know, you're not as good as you think you are, but at the same time, like still understand that you're learning and you're growing and that, you know, there's, you have a lot of time and you're just, just just do what you have to do um a lot of people say that they wish they knew how to draw but it's like anyone could draw they just wish drawing was easy you know and like mm-hmm. a lot of things is, a lot of times um when you see an expert they make it look so flawless and easy and you, know, you get inspired like oh wow like i want to do that i could do that and then you fi- find out that it's not easy and like you get really discouraged and you think like you're stupid or something but that's just how it is you know like this person has been doing it for so long has failed more times than you ever tried, you know? So just like, just do take the first step. Um, if you're scared to like, cause before I remember I was scared of like even painting flash, you know, cause the type of paper, the special watercolor paper, paper you need it, it you need to do it for is it's kind of expensive. It's like arches, cold press watercolor block. It's like amazing for watercolors, but not, it's, it's pretty pricey. Like I was afraid to like mess it up, but like, just like, don't be afraid to mess it up. You know, it's paper. You could get more paper um that's you know an investment just just do it you know just hone your skills don't be afraid to mess up don't be afraid to look stupid just go out there even if um going to shop and everyone just looks at you all weird i remember like when i wa- first in- walked into my shop everyone just kind of looked at me and was like mm, who is he like you know like you want a prince here like what's your work like you know like Ugh. but you know just just remember why you're there and you know, even if it's a bad experience, still an experience that you can learn from, you know, like, so no matter what it is, just like, try to learn as much as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Mike, I think we learned a lot about you and got some awesome tips and tricks from you. Where can we find you on social media? So on social media, I have an Instagram. It's Michael underscore evangelista underscore. Um, I also have a website. It's evangelista.nyc. Um, you find me there as well. And yeah, as far as social media goes, it's mostly just Instagram. Um, I don't like, I have a personal Facebook, but like, I don't really, I just like, I'm just on there for friends, but it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. It's just, it's just Instagram. And trading DIYs with friends. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And it's awesome. laughs> Animal Crossing. Awesome. Yes. Well, listeners, thanks. Uh, as always for listening in uh you can follow working on it on instagram at woi underscore podcast we'd love to hear your thoughts on our show or well podcast and hear what you like and what you'd like to hear more of uh please also give us a rate and a review wherever you listen to podcasts we're on apple and google podcasts stitcher and spotify yeah you can also follow me at j-e-m-m-a dot d-i-l-a-g and jack where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at golden underscore baby underscore Jack on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, shout out to our podcasting network, Culture Snack Media. You can find them on Instagram at Culture Snack Media and on Twitter at 
Colt Snack Media. Um, and if you just want to check out the website, go to culture-snack.com. And we're also putting uh, the Working On It episodes on the webpage too. So if for whatever reason you don't have any of those options and you just have a laptop, you can totally <laughs> check it out there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Cool, Definitely. thanks again, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. uh, You guys are awesome. I was like nervous. I was like, oh my god, what if I I sound stupid? You're awesome too. You're amazing, and I'm so happy that you were able to join us, listeners. Again, thank you. See you next time. See you. See you.